Hello, hello everybody and good evening to you all and we have the most fantastic, amazing Deborah Chester. Oh, hi everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully we can give you some really good um, information about my journey and yeah, thanks Maxine for having me on the show. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, <laughs> honestly, because you know, I met you oh, nearly a year ago now. No. Yes, yeah. Nearly a year ago, but not quite a year ago. <laughs> and it, from the moment that I met you, I thought this person's a very special person. And then you shared your story. And it was just, well, mind-blowing. Um, and you took back everybody that um, you shared the story with and, and I know that that was one of the first times you actually shared it on a on a on a public stage. So that was really really special to have those that moment, share that moment with you. <laughs> oh, it was very special to have you uh, there sharing it and giving me the confidence to actually share my story. Yeah, I know, I know. You did, and do you know what? Even though you had that fear, you you did it anyway, and you did great, and people really touched and moved and inspired by, by what you said. And that's ultimately what any speaker really wants is to touch, move and inspire the audience um, to maybe think in a different way or see things in a different light. And you definitely did do that. Aww. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, as we are um, starting, I suppose people are probably wondering, uh, what is this story like what is it all about so please do share your story with us and when in particular where the tornado had a massive impact on your life oh gosh well we actually moved from the uk to new zealand um 17 years ago but i'm, I'm back in the uk now on business so we've been backwards and forwards quite a bit we moved to a little place called Taranaki um, in on the west coast of the North Island in New Zealand. Okay. And I had this horrific dream. I woke Chris up and, and said to Chris, oh, I've had this dream. We've been hit by these tornadoes and, you know, it's <clears throat> really bad and I couldn't get back to sleep. And he goes, Debbie, it's because you've been working so hard as a man thing. You know, we just yeah. go back to sleep. Yeah. And don't, yeah, go back to sleep. Don't think about it, you know. Everything's going to be fine in the morning. So I, I tried to get back to sleep and <clears throat> I did nod off for a while. And then I woke back up and it was a dream that actually stayed with me. And it sort of, I was like, it did shake me a little bit. So I did start thinking about it throughout the day. And a few weeks had passed and Chris was working away in a little town called Patararu, which was about four and a half hours away from Okora where me and the girls and Mitch was. Mitch was actually working, <clears throat> well, he'd gone away with school to do a lighting and sound uh, project in Wellington. <clears throat> so he wasn't in the house when the tornadoes hit. Uh, so basically two weeks later, I'm in the office typing away, doing some invoicing um, and Paige came running in and she's shouting, mummy, mummy, what's going on outside? And I looked out of the window and it was like that deja vu moment as if, gosh, I've been here before. And as I looked out of the window, these two tornadoes 
was coming straight for us. And I only had enough time to pick up my girls and run to the part of the house we were in in the dream. Um, it was the only part of the house that survived. And so the dream actually came true. I laid my body, you know, over the girls. And um, it was horrific. You know, we, we thought we was going to die. Die. You know, the girls were screaming, mommy, mommy. You know, we, <sighs> we're going to die, mommy. And I'm going, no, no, we're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. And, you know, the, the noise was like a, an express train. It was that loud. Mm. And the first one came through. And I was just like, oh, God, this is crazy. But we were still alive. It was like, you know, it ripped the top of the house off the first one. And it just caused so much devastation. Um, yeah. But I was just lucky, you know, that we was okay. And then the, then the sound came again. And it was like, oh, no, this is coming back. Or we was in the eye of it. I didn't know at the time that there was two, really. That was, I just thought, God, are we in the eye? Or whatever it was, even though I saw two coming in from the sea, I didn't realise that they'd both taken the path into our house. And so I put my body back over the girls again. And uh, this time it came in and it sucked the doors um, and the hinges and the glass was flying absolutely everywhere. And, you know, it still really touches me now, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. thinking about when I go back and actually, you know, think about how we all work. Yeah. We, we ended up losing absolutely everything. We... Yeah. We, we didn't have anything. The only thing we had left was the clothes. Me and the girls were stood up in that night and uh, we was homeless. We The house was condemned and we moved in with some friends um, in New Plymouth, which was 10 minutes away from Okora where the tornadoes hit. And we'd lost everything, basically. Mm -hmm. All our materialistic things was gone, ruined. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, things actually really changed after that time <clears throat> i mean chris obviously was four and a half hours away didn't know whether he was alive all he knew is when it come on the tv he was eating his dinner and it come on the news saying little township in taranaki gets hit by several tornadoes he says i felt physically sick he says i was sick he says i just did not know what to do he says because you'd already told me about this dream i'm there saying to his friend who had gone to help him with the job oh my god it's debbie it, it's Debbie and the girls. It's hit. It's, I know it's hit them. And he says, of course you don't. No, it's hit them. <laughs> he says, they're going to be fine. And he goes, no, he says, she's told me. She, she told me about this dream. And he says, and anyway, he tried to get hold of us. And obviously the phone lines have been pulled out. And there was no way of getting old of us. So he was like left there in limbo thinking, is my family still alive? Or, or not? You know, there was 50, uh, 58 houses hit that night. Wow. by several tornadoes that had come through. Um, ours, is, ours was the second worst um, house that was basically, you know, the damage was horrendous. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was, that was, it was a good thing. You know, we, we actually started to look at things a little bit different. And yeah. a few weeks later, Chris had this dream um, about me curbing his car wheels. And that's where things start to really take a turn. Because yeah. if we hadn't have had the dream about the tornadoes and literally losing everything, we had nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't have listened to the dream that he had. And being a man, it went in the little man box and he sort of put it back in there and he didn't do a lot with it. So, 
um, not being disrespectful to guys or anything. I thought, you know what? We've had this dream that's destroyed everything that we've yeah. ever worked for. Yeah. Now we've got to do something with this. It's a sign. Yeah. So we actually did. We we uh, we invented a product called Rum Protect Wheel Bands um, from the dream. Um, and we, we obviously, because we didn't have any money, we'd lost everything. We was living with friends for about six months to yeah. get ourselves all built up again. Uh, we we started a flooring business, which was Chris. Chris was a professional flooring applicator in the UK. Okay. Uh, so we built that business up from nothing. The first job that we had was in Auckland because we moved. The children wouldn't settle in Okora. They actually went through counselling and everything there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we said, look, don't worry, we'll move. So we moved to Auckland and we got our first flooring job with uh, the Gil- Giltrap family, mm-hmm. which was Colin Giltrap, absolutely amazing chap. Mm-hmm. Um, does a lot with automotive car dealerships yeah. uh, as well and he ended up sort of being my mentor mm-hmm. along with a guy called Trevor Mitchell and I invented the clip it wheel protection device which goes on your wheels to stop curb damage so that is one of the good things that came out of the tornado after losing absolutely everything yeah wow that is absolutely amazing. There's quite a few things that you've mentioned in there, which is just like literally, it's just absolutely astounding. Like, well, I think everyone's probably really grateful that the fact that you're actually here to tell the tale, um, because it really does seem like it was an absolute horrific event. You was talking about your girls not being able to manage living in the area. So, you know, was there any sort of repercussions on them psychologically? Did they have any sort of um, issues? Yeah, well, um, Pape, actually, Madison, when the tornadoes happened, Madison was the youngest at the time. Yeah. So she she actually dealt with it okay. Um, and then Paige was the one that needed a little bit more counselling at that time. But as the time went on and Madison become going into her teens, she actually, big, big story, we moved to Auckland because to get away from the tornadoes now obviously I've not mentioned this before but in the book when we when we got Madison into school we was driving along one day and the cloud format looked really really strange and I said to Chris oh my god there's going to be a tornado Mm. and he says Debbie don't be so ridiculous and I says I'm telling you we need to go pick Madison up now from school so we went about five ten minutes early and we waited for the children to come out of the class and at that moment, I just knew, and I just, I just ran out of the car, and I said to the teacher, "Get the children inside now." Mm-hmm. And she says she looked at me as if I was a mental woman, you know. And I says, "Look, I says I know I've seen this before. Something's going to happen. I can feel it." Mm-hmm. And as I pointed up to the part of the sky, I thought the tornado would happen. The roof of a garage shot straight up in the air. And so she managed to get the children inside. And I got Madison in the car. And I think they freaked the hell out of her. I mean, I, I absolutely yeah. put the fear of God. She just lived through two tornadoes and lost everything. And now we've moved five hours away to Auckland. And she's gone through another one just outside her school. Oh, so it actually caused her to have post-traumatic stress. 
Yeah. And it's taken a few years for her actually to get right. We we brought her out of school. We had to yeah. because there was no way she could actually sit um, in a classroom. It, it got that bad where we was having green dots all over the house because she'd forget to breathe. So every time she saw a green dot, she'd, you know, breathe yeah. again. And, and so we had to then re-educate us because, I mean, I didn't have a clue how to be around a child that was suffering from anxiety and post-traumatic stress yeah so we, we've re-educated ourselves and she's educated herself as well she's started her own little business called true love aroma with aromatherapy oils and things like that to help other people that have gone through tr stressful situations and yeah. she's really come out the other side and i am so proud of her i can't believe you know oh. this year has been the year i've actually got my daughter back oh Oh, sorry. It's okay. And then I'm so proud. Oh. Sorry. And just, I mean, all of my kids are amazing. They really are. But she's gone through a heck of a lot. And she's, uh, you know, come out the other side now, which is great. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. Oh my gosh! I said, I, I said, when I go out, I am not going to cry. <laughs> it's real, real, and this is real life. This is your life. This is real motion, and and you know what? What you've highlighted that is that with post traumatic stress disorder, it's not something that you can just over like overcome. You know, probably the reason why she stopped breathing is because maybe she's back in that moment of where she felt that shock, that disbelief that there was another tornado that was coming, you know, and and that when you when you get yourself back in that moment, it that, it's like you're there again. Like <coughs> yeah. Again. So, and I think she had to start taking instead of looking into the future, we had to pull her back. And we had to do one step at a time. So everything became small steps. Mm -hmm. So she could actually deal with things that was happening in yeah. her everyday life. And that is what helped her. Yeah. You know, it was not putting any pressure on her. Let her do it in her own time. Um, you know, and yeah, we had to take her out of mainstream school. We had to, I had to homeschool her. So where, when I was working, she was traveling with me. If he, Even if I went into meetings, she would be at the side of me. Yeah. You, you know, and it's, it was step by step. But I was like, well, do you know what? If they can't accept me in these meetings then the, and with my daughter, then don't accept me at all. Yeah, 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 exactly. And probably in some way, now she's got her own business, you've probably actually taught her more than, you know, what mainstream school, maybe she was never meant to go to mainstream school anyway, you know? Absolutely. And that's all because she came with you and she's learned of you like think like you you've got a global invention like how many people can actually say that they've spent time with someone that has invented something that's now all over the world there's not many people there's not many people that would have that as a teacher really. no i think there's only i think one percent there's five percent of inventions ever make it to the market and 1% that is to do with a lady that makes it to the market. So we've done pretty well, I think. <laughs> You've done very, very well. Like, look, <laughs> look, look at the odds. Look at, all, look at all the things, yeah, all the statistics and all of the things that have happened. But yet, 
you've um, been able to overcome all these things, you know. Um, Natalie has said, what a silver lining. You and your family have amazing strength to pull through. Oh, thank you, Natalie. You know, strength comes from having faith. And believe me, we've had to have faith in every single thing that we've done you know it's you, you seem to come to a stumbling block and when you think something's going right it's like take you go back and it's like oh no where am I going now what am I doing and just by having that faith and asking the universe um, is the most amazing thing you can do you're given signs I believe when you get to a certain point in your life that you know the signs and, and intuition is is a major thing that everybody should listen to 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 mm. be put and directed in the right path mm, mm, mm. so what other signs have you had oh my gosh what are the signs oh, i'll tell you one which was a another horrific story really but it actually saved my life um, one of the signs was uh, my, my father, um, why we was inventing the product and everything took quite sick. Mm. And I had a phone call to say I needed to um, get on a plane and, and fly over to the UK, which <clears throat> I actually booked the flight for nine o'clock in the morning. I was on the way to the office. Chris went ahead of me and um, I got to the traffic lights. And as I got to the traffic lights on the right hand side was was a road going that way or I could have gone straight on. And I had this almighty pain in my chest and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm actually having a heart attack. Mm. And I, I thought that, that this is it, you know, flipping neck. Mm. I've got this far and now I'm going to freaking die <laughs> of a heart attack. So it was sort of do I go to the to the right where the doctor's surgery was at the end of that road or do I carry on and go to the office which was five minutes away from where the doctor's was and I thought I need to go to the doctor's I couldn't breathe properly at this time so mm -hmm. I drove the car into the doctor's car park and I left the car unlocked and I sort of ran in going I can't breathe I've got really bad pains in my chest and they whisked yeah. me straight into the back of the room hooked me up to the ECG machines and, and everything mm -hmm. else and uh, my doctor come in and he goes, Debbie, this is not good. He says the signs are not showing good. He says, you, you, you could have had a heart attack. I need to call for an ambulance. So they called for an ambulance. And as the ambulance arrived to the doctors, obviously Chris was oblivious to the fact that <clears throat> any of this was happening. Yeah. Um, I got into the ambulance to go to the hospital and the doctor's surgery called Chris for me. And said your wife's been taken to the hospital uh, can you go to north cross <clears throat> and so that's what he did i got there and the doctor who examined me said you've either had a heart attack or you've had a hemothorax i think it was called which is a hole in your lung your lungs collapse okay and it's like oh my gosh he says but i don't think it's that he says it's life-threatening so we'll rule that one out not that heart attack isn't life-threatening but <laughs> i was still there you know talking and breathing and um, they brought an x-ray machine into this room and um, put, put the x-ray machine on and, and he'd come back in he says you know i said it wasn't a hemothorax he says you've actually got a hole in your lung he says and that's why you're having problems breathing so they hooked me up to the oxygen and everything else. And the blessing there, and, and what I believe is a sign, if I'd have actually got on that plane in the morning, I wouldn't have got off alive. Yeah. And so that happened just before I was meant to have gone on that flight. And, you know, mm -hmm. 10 minutes before, I didn't have any pain. 
and so that that's one of the signs and and listening to your gut your intuition so so you know you need, everybody needs to do it and i think we all get so busy in our life that we sort of all these signs and everything to the back of our minds and we don't even think about them even the littlest things that mean so much you know and if we just start doing that I mean like in the book that I'm writing um it's a lot of it's about overcoming adversity you know intuition and listening to the signs and it's about the signs that we listen to to help us go from 43 pence in the bank to you know running a multi-million dollar business and doing all different things now and I mean everybody can do it from nothing so there's no saying no you can't because you can everybody can (laughs) 100% self-made I mean you're saying there's no difference between 43 pence and 43 million right absolutely just the zeros right the only thing I would want maybe for you to share is because some people might not see it like that. So how do how would you get that mindset shift? How because you've had as you said, you've had nothing. You was left with completely nothing. And now you are you are like a multimillionaire through your invention. So how do you get from that stage in terms of your mindset? Yeah, do you know what? I was actually one of them people that thought there's no chance that you can ever do it, but you can. Yeah. You really, really can. Um, I mean, from 43, 43 cents to, to doing what we've done. And do you know what? There's going to be no quick fix. I'm going to tell you now, no matter what people out there are selling you to say, we're going to make you rich overnight. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. There's no such thing. It's all about hard work, dedication. And if you believe something enough to risk everything, including your health. And, you know, I was working 24 hours a day, seven days a week sometimes. Mm. you know two or three days and 17 hours the rest of the week it's it's just crazy what you have to put in mm. but if you're willing to make that change and do it you will be able to make it and it starts from you know that that 43 cents and us moving to Auckland um mm. to, to do our first job you know our first job I think was about seven thousand dollars and we mm. was like oh my gosh how am I going to find the money to actually get the the, the resin and everything else how are we going to do that and it was like right we'll get onto the suppliers we're going to give them a we're going to get credit from them we're going to you know do a 60-day term and so that is what we did we mm-hmm. used something that we knew we could make money from even though we'd not got money yeah and then we had to make other people believe in us yeah that they believed in us that we could do it yeah. and they then were willing to back us yeah, and I suppose that has got to do with your belief in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, what it is that you're offering, what is it you've got to actually deliver to people, yeah. then people aren't going to back you. So you nobody's gonna believe that, in you. Yeah, you've got to have that unwavering, unshakable belief that this is what it is that I'm doing, this is how I'm going to do it, and will you jump on board? Otherwise, people just they can smell it, don't you think? Do you think they just they just don't absolutely you know when we when we start I mean this is the funny thing because you know I really believe in the universe and just before the tornadoes hit six months before I actually read a book called The Secret and I know that you had Marie Diamond on on here last week but that book actually did some amazing things for me Uh, Mm. it was brought to me by a friend for Christmas 
um, 2006. Yeah. 2007, the tornado hit. Now, mm -hmm. I was visualizing. I even wrote the check out. I pinned it on my wall. I had the kids' Play-Doh. I wouldn't let them have their pink Play-Doh because I was actually making numbers out of that Play-Doh. And I was putting that on the side of the bed, the bed cabinet. And it said yeah. what number I wanted this amazing idea to be worth. And mm -hmm. so I actually started visualizing and started doing a visualization board. And that's mm -hmm. how it started. Mm -hmm. really even though we lost everything with the tornadoes if I hadn't have read that secret about believing in something coming to you as mm -hmm. well as the dream that we lost yeah. everything and then another dream that actually maybe how I, I wouldn't have had the strength to go do you know what we're on this journey mm -hmm. we're on this universal journey and what we put out there is what we're going to get back and that's mm -hmm. you know that's where we are Got to visualize it, get loads of visualizations. <laughs> what would you say are the key things to go on a vision board? Key things. I think gratitude is the first thing you should you should write on your on your visualization board. A lot of people forget that, and a lot of people will put things that I want, I want, I want. And mm -hmm. that's not it. It's about mm -hmm. believing you have the ability to get what you really, really want and the mm -hmm. strength. Um, the first thing that I actually did. Um, was get a little seed. Um, I haven't got it on me. I normally carry it. It's in my handbag because I've been to London, so I have it in my handbag. Um, and it's a seed, and, and it's a gratitude seed. That is the first thing that I am grateful for. So every time I touch this seed, it's normally in my pocket, and you know, and it's a fantastic thing to get you going. It's when you touch it, you're grateful for everything that is around you at that moment. Even if you're stuck in traffic and you, you've got your road rage head on. You, pick, you touch that seed and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm actually in a nice warm car. You know, it's sun shining outside. So you've got to try and change your whole mindset. Yeah. And yeah. that is where it starts. You changing that mindset then changes the people around you and what mm -hmm. they actually think of you. So doors yeah. start to open. And it's mm -hmm. so, so true. Yeah. So it's almost like you need that helps you to sort of trigger because the thing is is that I suppose that not everyone is always positive happy and all of those sort of things so that seed is almost like a representation of to actually go right this is your reminder to get you back to actually being in a place of gratitude absolutely I mean look not everybody can be happy and positive all the time it's it's bloody impossible isn't it yeah but you can turn it around where your life is more positive then it is negative, you will start seeing a difference, which then will allow you to start taking more positivity inside and concentrating more on the good things than the bad things. Because yeah. when you look back, then bad things was never as bad as what, what we all thought. Yeah. You know, and no matter what worries and stress and everything that we all get, it's mm -hmm. it's never going to be as bad as what we're thinking at that time. So try not to worry, try not to get stressed. Right. because things will work out the way they are meant to be mm -mm -mm. sometimes you might not even be able to understand that at the time sometimes that's what's difficult isn't it absolutely it is. happens and it's like what you know why me and and all too often we can only we sometimes think we're the only people that we that's going through that scenario no one else understands no one else gets where you know sort of coming from 
Yeah, but there is only you that can actually change your own mindset. You can't mm. rely on anybody else to change you as a person. Mm. So if you want to sit there and worry all day long and think that the world's against you, then the world is going to be against you. There's no getting away from it. Yeah. If you want to be positive and, and you, you know, even, even if you are in like a real negative situation or there's some drama going on in your life, try and do something positive. Go for a bike ride, go for a walk. And try and turn that negativity more yeah. so into a positive rather than, and I can't say it enough because as soon as you start seeing that and working on it day in and day out, things will start to change for you. You, you just won't believe it. You know, people around you will be so different. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So you're talking about, um, it's, it seems like you've gone on a bit of a journey and I do believe that you have, um, a pending book coming out so please do share <laughs> so yeah we did we, we, we actually thought the book was going to be launched early this year uh, but when the edit was done in New York they actually told me I had to go back and write another 50,000 words so it's gone from a 50,000 word book to a 100,000 word book so later this year we definitely will have a book it's called The Journey um, and it's got the story in there about the tornadoes and signs that has that's gone on to actually help us with our journey in our life to make us realize we're actually on, on on the right track and it's been amazing throughout our personal life there's so many ups and downs and funny funny times and also our business life so yeah. if anybody is in business you know it helps them you know with intuition and realize what the thought vibrations and things like that is so hopefully you know you'll have a really good read and and it, it just puts things into place mm, mm, mm. so you see with your book the journey what is it that you're looking to achieve as a result of having the book out so obviously you know madison suffered really bad with post-traumatic stress and the first 12 months, I felt like I was completely useless as a mom. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't know which way to turn. The help wasn't really there. So what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be traveling around doing talks um, about our life story and donating everything to do with the book um, to the charity. So to help post-traumatic stress, depression, um, people with anxiety. So that's what the book is, is about oh that's amazing that's absolutely amazing and you know for those people that have gone through or know someone because even if you haven't necessarily gone through a mental health condition you probably met someone that's gone through a mental health condition right and you know for you to utilize that to give back to others and to help others is just absolutely amazing so you know, when the book does come out, please let us know. And um, obviously, I'll share with everyone, of course. So oh, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, obviously get access to that. And um, it's, oh, my goodness. We've, 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 like, like, coming up to the end, nearly the end of time. Should we <laughs> keep talking, to be honest with you? Oh, um, I'm all good if you want to talk a bit longer. <laughs> What do you think? Right, so we've got a few more comments here. Um, uh, so Emma Wills is surprised. She said, wow. And then Natalie was saying, you've got to graph for it. You're awesome. Aww. Hello, lovely ladies. Oh, hi, Sir Path. Thanks for coming in. 
Emma oh. Wills, what a story. She's gone for a story, Emma Wills, by the way. But she's oh. she, she had a little bit of what you've got. Like, she's a bit nervous to, like... Oh, bless. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. I'm, I'm all right to say that now, because I was the most nervous person that you could ever meet. But <laughs> yeah, She will not believe that, trust me. She's like, oh, I'm nervous. But, yeah... Uh, I really would like Emma to come on the show. She knows that. But, yeah, so everyone's been obviously really, really impacted by your story, um, as you are aware. Um, and I just wanted to give the, the floor to you, as it were, give you the stage right now in terms of what it is that you feel that the audience could be left with as a result of ending the show. Yeah, I mean, a, a big thing is really to believe in yourself, uh, you know, and, and I think what got me to really believe that I could achieve certain things is learning to take 100% control for me, not allowing to have other people control you because all the time somebody's controlling you in some way, you're not in control yourself. And that is such a shame because you're not living your life 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's so weird. We was talking about that just before, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. It's so important. It's actually imperative to believe in yourself because the moment you start doing that, you feel self-empowered. You feel that you can actually give more and be more. And, and, and people see that. People notice that. It's an energy, a different lev level, a higher level of energy that then radiates because you're taking charge and you're taking control and not in a not in a sort of arrogant or no, not at all. You know, oh, I know everything and being very, you know, out there, just that inner inner knowing and that inner peace within yourself that whatever it is that you want to do, you can achieve it. And it's all about just knowing that in, in, in your mind and in your heart and your soul and just spiritually that you can push things forward. You can do whatever it is that you desire. And sometimes we get hit. Sometimes these external forces in life, i.e. a tornado or some other traumatic things, life happens sometimes to us, but it's up to us to take charge of our lives back and reclaim life back because otherwise those things that happen to us they can end up overtaking um mm -hmm. us and that's a lot about obviously what post-traumatic stress can do is that 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 incident or those incidences can overtake your whole life and your whole whole being so don't allow things to overtake you take grasp with it and reflect on it think about it and then utilize it for your power utilize the things that are negative in your life to be a positive in your life absolutely that's the key of what i've got from your from your story honestly um, and yeah. and that's and that's what i hope that everyone got today is that you can turn things around there is a light at the end of the tunnel you know absolutely everybody can do it you know I was the one after the tornado I was like oh my gosh you know what what now what where do we go 
and mm. it was like do you know what I'm gonna not allow this to to get at me I am gonna push forward and I'm gonna make something of this we might not have anything at the minute but you know luckily we've got two fantastic friends that gave us their spare room and their sofa and mm. you know we said right we're picking ourselves up and we're gonna get it going and Chris you know is a fantastic floor layer so it was like right we're setting up a business we're gonna be setting one up in Auckland we're gonna go there we actually went to the lawyers to find out about the patents and whether we could patent the product. And they said, yes, but over a certain amount of time, it's going to be three and a half million to patent where you want to patent. It was like, oh, well, 43 cents is really going to get us a long way. <laughs> and, um, you know, we touted for some big flooring jobs. I, um, I jumped off the Sky Tower so I could actually become an exclusive distributor for a resin supplier. We got exclusive and then we won a big job and the total amount of that first job that we did was 65,000 square metres and it was exactly three and a half million dollars. Boom. Boom.com. <laughs> and that is the power of believing in yourselves, people. That is the power of believing in something so much that it just it just comes into place. It just happens for you. Dream big. Be big. Go outside of the realms of your possibilities. Just, just allow your mind to go there because you do that, you might actually, well, no, you will actually get there. Just take it another level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> oh, absolutely fantastic. So thank you so, so much, Deborah, honestly. Oh, you're more than welcome. And I hope everybody gets something. If they do have any questions, you know, they can always um, go onto my Facebook page. And if I can help anybody, you know, I will. Yeah, she will. She literally will. She's so, as you can tell, she's a very, very humble, kind, loving person. And um, yeah, just reach out to her and she, she will get back in contact with you so thank you so much thank you everybody for watching any questions also you can pop on pop them on here on the chat and we'll reply to you all right it's been absolutely amazing and uh, i look forward to seeing you next week and deborah thank you so much for coming on the show you're more um, than welcome maxine it's been lovely oh it's been lovely i love it um peace out everyone lots of love bye bye Ah. Uh, oh.